Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, my fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Gypsy King, Tyson, you look great. How are you? Thank you very much, Michelle. I'm doing well. I'm in lockdown central, Morecambe. Um, doing very well, actually. Yeah. Monday evening here. Um, sun's been shining all day. It's been 26 degrees Celsius. Had a picnic with the family uh, lakeside uh, today. So I had a fantastic day. Great Monday. Well, it sounds like every time I leave England, it gets better weather. <laughs> Because every time I'm there, it's always freezing. Well, not as good as uh, California. That's yeah. the goal. True that. I, c- I could be in a colder climate right now. I could have left one for the other. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, so what's up? With, how are you? I mean, big news, just breaking news, really, of uh, a deal being reached between you and Anthony Joshua. Yeah, um, a principal deal. We've agreed on that we're going to fight each other whenever that happens. But... Um, it is what it is at the moment with it all. It's, I have fights to contend with, so does he. He has two mandatories with WBO mandatory and IBF mandatory, Pulev and uh, Usek. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, and I've got to do Wilder for the third time. So yeah, nothing's, um, anything can happen in every weight boxing. Nothing's a foregone conclusion. And I, doesn't matter to me the news of other fights and stuff. It's not, not important because the only thing that's important to me is the fight that I've got coming next, which right. is wild. And you'd have to be quite stupid to overlook the heaviest puncher on the history of boxing. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, I was going to ask you that. So should in the event of anyone lose, that, that the, the deal between or the agreement that you have in place with Anthony Joshua would basically go out the window, correct? I, I'm not sure. I never got involved in it. Um, all I know is that We've both agreed. He said he wants to fight. I've said I want to fight. So whatever that means. I think that means like me and you, Michelle, I could say, oh, let's go on holiday to, to Barbados next year. We'll both agree to do it, but no dates have been set. No tickets or plane journeys been booked. No hotels been booked. Nothing. So right. it's all principle-like. It's just an agreement. It's not really a the nitty-gritty hasn't been done with the 
contracts and all that sort of stuff. It's just the, the base deal of, of the split and the two-fight deal. When it happens, that's it. But I suppose if either one of us lost, then they wouldn't, it wouldn't be on, would it? The, the fight wouldn't happen because there'd be more lucrative fights out there for either one of us. Right. Um, let's go back to the third fight. Right now, there is no, there is no date when the trilogy is going to occur. Do you happen to have any information? Do you know where um, they're wanting to, to put it? Are you guys wanting to wait until a crowd is allowed? Or are you going to do it behind closed doors? Like, what's the, what's the situation on that? Well, again, I, I don't get involved in all that sort of stuff. And I think everybody in the world knows more than me about what's going on in my own career at the moment. Uh, people tell me, oh, you're fighting in Australia, aren't you? Or China, or <laughs> You know, at the minute, these stages and the way the world is at the moment, I it goes in there and out of there, all these venues and fight dates and stuff. There's nothing happening, no concrete news. There's no venue, there's no crowd. And for me and Wilder to fight, the, um, the gate, it, it generates a lot of revenue. It was a heavy, it was the, the biggest selling gate in history of heavyweight boxing last time. So, and that, that contributes to the personal stuff. So I don't think uh, they could afford to have it not behind closed doors, not unless one of these big um, billionaire type sports people want to put it on in his front room or something like that. Um, and then it could maybe happen. But I think an enormous sporting event on that scale has to be in a live crowd. Right. Are you open? Whenever that's able to happen, I don't know. Are you open to the idea? Because obviously, you know, with the coronavirus, every week it seems like something new is coming out in terms of. Uh, scientific studies proving one thing now uh, saying it's it's not as easily spreadable as they once believed it was etc etc so we don't really know what two weeks three weeks four weeks will bring for us in terms of like science right so exactly it's like how long is a piece of string in it with it all right so how 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 long are you guys willing to wait until it's in front of a, a, a large crowd because that could very well be I don't know how it is there in the UK here in the U.S., that could very well be into next year. It could very well, well be. Well, into next year. Yeah, it could well be. We're only taking one week at a time over here. Yeah. See how things are going, but there's slowly shops and things are starting to open again. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the gyms are about to open next month or whatever, July sometime. So it's like how long to be string? Nobody really knows mm -hmm. um, what could happen because it's been a hundred years ago since something like this has ever happened before. Um, and it's like, at best, I think, November, December, that's best ways. And if not, then it probably could drag into next year. So it's, it's a problem, but where people are facing a lot worse problems because people have died of this already, thousands of them, and the people are dying every single day. I know it's like, um, it's been a dragging now thing on for three months and that, but three months, for three months every single day, a vast amount of people have died. So it's absolutely horrible what's happening in the time so i think there's more important things to think about than um whether or not i'm going to get to box again this year or not so i'm just going with the flow it's like if i box again great and if i don't then it's not in my hands i can't really do nothing about it so i can't what can i do i'm not going to sit and move around and cry about it it is what it is it's a world pandemic and it's caused a lot of disaster a lot of people have lost jobs and homes and everything loved ones so it's a uh, sporting event we'll have to wait Mm -hmm. I've noticed that, you know, you and Paris have sort of maintained this, this morning workout 
you guys are doing, really kind of keeping people not, not only inspired, but keeping them in shape. Was this something that you guys just sort of agreed to do? Like, hey, or did it kind of just fall into your lap where you guys, or maybe she just joined you one day in uh, and yeah, doing yeah, just we uh, actually stopped it this morning. Done now. We've done, okay. uh, I think we've done 11 and a half weeks worth of lockdown. Um, and I said, as soon as the lockdown opens I'm up again, I'm going to stop with the videos because I have to go about boxing training now. Yeah. Because that's taking one of my sessions up, which should be a boxing session. And it wasn't. It was a circuit workout. So, yeah, I think we've done it just under 12 weeks uh, every morning. And it was fantastic. You know, we've done a, a lot of working out, uh, inspired a lot of people, help people get through their day in lockdown. But over here now, it's like I live, I live right near the ocean. So it's, uh, it's like a bit of a tourist place. And yesterday, you wouldn't, wouldn't think there was any pandemic going on. There was thousands of people here flocked here. There wasn't a free parking space down the road. Traffic, people queuing up hundreds at a time for ice creams and coffee shops and things. So uh, I think it's time that we, uh, we stop with the, the lockdown workout videos because lockdown has, seems to be finished. Yeah, hopefully, Lord willing. I know out here, everything's, it, like, gyms have just opened. I've been there every day since it's opened. Um, no. It seems like people are really, will like, they, if, it's not that they're not concerned. It's just that people are really eager just to get back to feeling like things are a bit normal, even though it's not really quite normal. You know? Yeah, but I, I'm not so sure because... There's still hundreds of people dying every day, even in this country, like hundreds of them. It's only a small country. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure, like, if it was unsafe to go out three months ago, how is it not unsafe to go out and flock in crowds today? Yeah. People are still dying. You know, there's no vaccine. Uh, there's, there's no cure for this thing. So I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on, to be honest. I don't know if it's good advice to mix or not. Yeah. But it wasn't, you couldn't mix with one person before. Now you can mix with families and 10 people gathered in one place, all that sort of stuff. So. I'm not too sure what, what to uh, believe, but it is what it is, and we can't really do much about it. Until it's cleared up and gone, I think there'll always be a, an imminent danger of um, threat or death, okay, as long as it's around. Yeah, I know. I find it it's very challenging because every day, like I said, every day or every week seems to be something new. It's not, it's, it's not a consistent... It, because, it, because it's a new virus, we don't really know what to expect. So I think initially they went worst-case scenario. We're going to you know, uh, shut everything down. We don't know how dangerous and lethal this thing really is. And so better to be safe than sorry. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I'm starting to believe that there isn't as easily transferable because I don't know if you knew this, but I had the coronavirus. I was actually hospitalized in England for a while and I was tested negative, but my antibodies test came back positive, which meant I had it. But at the time, remember it was very fresh. And it was about 60% faulty test, tests, or the tests were 60% faulty. So that made sense. But my, what I'm trying to say is my roommate, whom I was in close proximity to before we even really knew what was going on, she never got it. And no one else around me ever got it before I knew I had it. So it was sort of like, I don't know, I'm starting to believe the studies in terms of like, it's not as easily transferable on like surfaces and and if you're just standing next to somebody, it's like, you really have to have like real contacts. And I, I'm, I'm assuming like kissing somebody or something of that nature to kind of get it. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor, but um, I did have the test recently and I thought that I might have had it mm -hmm. in, um, in March, early March, but the test come back negative. So um, 
I didn't have it or I've not got it or I've not had it, no antibodies. So I was pretty pissed about that. I thought it was scoping down because they say once you've had it once, you don't get it again. But if I've not had it, you're the lucky one. Hopefully that's the case. I mean, it would suck for it to be like the flu and you get it every year. That would really suck. Yeah, I think with viruses though, does a virus ever go? I know the cold sore virus, once you've got it, you never get rid of it. I don't know how this works. I, I have no idea how it works, but I do know that a test was done with over 400 people who were exposed to somebody who was asymptomatic and every single person came back negative. So remember when initially it was about stay home, save lives, because if you had it, you didn't know if, if you could easily give it to somebody and not have any symptoms and then give it to somebody who is, uh, has underlying health conditions and then, and then they could die. So yeah. now the study shows that you can't. It's not, it, in fact, they use the word rare. They said it was rare that anyone could actually give it to someone who doesn't have full-blown symptoms, which is fantastic news because it's kind of like the flu, yeah? If you have the flu, don't go to work. Don't go out and be around your family and friends. Like, stay home. Like, get better, but stay home. So hopefully, as time goes, we'll start to see more and more about how it is that we are able to sort of interact with one another and then not I know, but the thing is, though, is how did all them people die? New York, the fund, I don't know how many count is now, but over here, it's saying it's past 80,000, 70,000 or something. Well, so if you can't I'll, catch it, how these people caught it? I'll send you a, it was about three days ago, uh, there was an actual report on the CDC's website, and it said that out of the 60-something thousand people who were believed to have had the virus, 55,000 of them actually had pneumonia or the flu, and only 11,000 and some had directly died from the coronavirus. So I'll send that to you. That's an actual recent post on the CDC website, I think about three or four days ago. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I think that initially when, when it's all occurring, again, they don't know. They don't know. So I think people who just had symptoms were considered to be likely to have the coronavirus but didn't actually have the coronavirus. I don't know. Well, I don't know. we're it's just seeing numbers constantly change. Either the way. The one thing is, I don't want to get it. I was <laughs> going to stay healthy and stay alive for now anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what else is going on, Michelle? So, I wanted to ask you, um, Deontay Wilder recently said that he didn't consider you being the champion. What did you make of him saying that? Did you take that as in he wasn't giving you credit or did you take it as in like that's what any, anyone would have said? Um, I'm not sure what kind of crack he's smoking, but you know, if he, does he think he was a champion before I beat him? Because if I'm not a world champion, then what did that make him? You know, it's, uh, he, he, I think he was a champion for five years or something, made 11 defences, did he? And I... Um, smashed him to pieces basically and took his belt off him so maybe he feels a little bit robbed or whatever i don't know i don't know i don't know where he's come up with that conclusion um it was his precious wbc belt don't forget lucille he had his own little box for it with uh fur mink fur in there and polished it every day and everything so precious to him and now i've got it so yeah 
maybe he doesn't want me to be the champion, I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, very, very important what Deontay Wilder thinks because when a man's been smashed to pieces like he has, put down three or four times and properly brutalised, then I'm sure they've got to come up with some excuses. It's the road to excuse city. What did you make of, of his corner stopping it? Do you feel that was the right decision? Did you feel, would you, would you have felt that was the right decision if, if, if you were in his shoes? Yeah, to be honest with you, the, the fighters are there to fight. We're, we're um, warriors. We fight on until we die, basically. And that's why in boxing there has been a few people die because they're too brave for their own good. But it is up to the corner. That's what you pay them for, basically, to look out for your interests, what you are too in a rage to, to see at the time. And I, I believe they were left him in too long anyway. I, I believe that something severely bad would have happened to him if he'd have been left in. Because he was going down the same kind of road as these fighters have had brain damage and stuff like that. He couldn't protect himself. He didn't win a round. He didn't win a second of a round. And he was getting badly injured. There was a very bad swelling on, on the top of his head, on the side of his jaw. I'm not sure what was going on, but I think that, I think that Mark Breland, never mind sack him or, or slag him. I think they need to give him a pay rise because without Mark Breland, there wouldn't have been a third fight. He'd have been retired from boxing. Mm. Dylan White is um, is suing um, because he feels like he's not got his shot with the WBC. Now it seems as though that the February 2021 date is even being pushed back even further, obviously due to the pandemic. Uh, no yeah, one he won't get very far. He won't get very far with the suing because everything's been put on hold, hasn't it? It's like um, the world's been put on hold, so everything has to move along with the whole pack. Uh, I was supposed to fight in July, but that's not happening now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sue for it because it's a pandemic, and obviously I'll get nowhere. But I'm sure his lawyers know what they're doing. Um, with it all. I'm pretty sure it probably has something to do with the fact that you and Joshua have sort of acknowledged that after your mandatories, uh, or actually, well, yeah, actually after, after your trilogy and after the mandatories that he needs to go through, that the talk was that you guys were going to meet in the ring and there was no mention of Dillian um, having his shot in between that. Is the likelihood if, if for whatever reason, uh, AJ has to fight both his mandatories first. Is there any chance that there could be the, the WBC mandatory fight with Dylan? Yeah, listen, if, if, whoever's available at the time, you have to fight. Yeah. Um, but the, these fights with uh, Wilder and Joshua and White, they're all a million miles away anyway. So I'm not even thinking about that too much at the moment. Just thinking about staying fit and active. But um, yeah, there's not much I can do about anything because um, at the moment I'm signed to a, a fight with Deontay Wilder and I know he's not going to not take the fight. Um, he has to take the fight because it's the biggest available money for him. Um, so anything can happen in that fight. If he knocks me out, then there is no rematch clause again. Then probably he, he'll have to fight uh, uh, Dylan White or Joshua or whoever. So we can only take one fight at a time. And right. I'm not... Although I'm very confident in my ability, I'm not Houdini and I can't see to the future. So I can't say who's going to fight next and whatever. Um, and, and as for Dylan White at the moment, they're all wanting to fight, fight, fight. But at the moment, there is no fight. We all know there's no fights. 
Um, so it's not even a possibility, even if we wanted to. It's, uh, it's not going to happen. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Mike Tyson considering a return to the ring. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it, to be honest, because I was once down and out and everybody wrote me off and I came back and I rose to number one position again. You're um, all 53, Tyson, so... Is, does that not concern you? Does the age not concern you? The age, no, because every man has their own dream. And uh, what, who am I to say, do this or don't do it? If Mike wants to do it, I'm sure Mike's old enough to make his own decisions. And if the, the doctors and the people at the, the border control, whoever it is, the commission, if they're going to give him a license, then he obviously is fit and able to pass a, pass a test, like to say he's fit and able. Then uh, who am I to say don't? You know, every man's got their own decisions to make in life. And, you know, it's uh, he's not coming back to regain the heavyweight championship of the world. He's coming back to have some exhibition fights. Well, so, I'm yeah. hearing, I'm hearing that it might be bare knuckle boxing. Well, if it's bare knuckle boxing, it's bare knuckle boxing. I uh, I feel sorry for anyone who wants to get in a bare knuckle fight with Mike, though. <laughs> <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. But yeah, it's uh, I, I'm all all for it. I'm just plugging his phone in charge because okay, I only had nine percent left. Yeah, and I'm all for it. You know, if Mike wants to do a fight, there was even talks of him doing an exhibition fight with myself. Um, I spoke to his manager and him. Um, we had contact. We were both with both uh, people. Um, but I've not heard anything more of it. I think uh, we even had an offer from ESPN, so it was it was definitely big, definitely official. But um, I don't think they're going down that route now. Like you say, I've heard this bare knuckle boxing and whatever else they're doing. Uh, so yeah, I, just, I wish him luck in anything he does because guy's a legend, um, and I just I hope he uh, comes back and does well and, and gets out of it in one piece. Show that door, Paris, on the interview. Um, yeah, just, I just hope he does well and that's it. Comes out and gets back to his family in one piece and enjoys it because I think that Mike still thinks in, and feels that he has more to offer, which he probably does. And, and he's got one pay-per-view here of me anyway, whoever <laughs> he fights. So you would really consider doing an exhibition fight with Mike Tyson? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm named after the guy. I think it'd be iconic. <laughs> I think it'd be legendary. Tyson versus Tyson. The old versus the new. It'd be absolutely amazing, you know. You know, we can't change time, we can't turn the clock back, but we can deal with what we have today. Um, and even even I'd love to share the ring with Mike Tyson. It'd be an absolute honour and an exhibition fight um, of a move around. It'd be amazing. So Floyd Mayweather has the record for the highest grossing money fights. 
and he's also done um, the highest in pay-per-view sales. Do you ever feel that you can surpass his records? To be honest, records are for DJs. Um, <laughs> I had a good friend, Peter McDonough, and he always said that. He always said records are for DJs. And I think every person in the world has got to be happy with their share and their life and their career. It's no good me looking at somebody else's or somebody else's looking at mine. What's he earning? What's he earning? What's he earning? You've got to be happy with your percentage and be happy with who you are and what you are and what you're doing at that time. Mm-hmm. Because if you start looking at other people's records, like Floyd Mayer, the pay-per-view records, and then why not look at somebody like um, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett? Why not look at Donald Trump? You know, where does it all end? How long is a piece of string? You know, records are up there to be beat. So someone will come along and beat them sometime. Even Usain Bolt's 100-meter sprint record, that will eventually be beaten um, by somebody else. So whether it's me or not, not really interested because I've got enough money where I can pay my bills and I'm quite secure doing what I'm doing. Um, and a person only needs a certain amount of money in their life. You know, um, I, I believe personally, from personal experience, that money can't buy happiness. It can buy things to make you happy but it can never buy happiness. And if you're not happy, all the money in the world's no good to you. Yeah. Happiness from within. And sometimes we think we want money, we want this, we want that, we want this. But when we have it, we realise it doesn't make me happy and it's not what I thought it would be. Right. So I'm looking, I'm not interested in the big uh, money things and all that. It is what it is. Whatever gets paid, gets paid. Whatever we make, we make. We can't, uh, like I said, we're not magic magicians. We can't put numbers there that's not there. It is what it is. We can only do our best and fight who's available. And whatever uh, happens, happens. And put a good fight on and enjoy our careers and that. But the most important thing for me at the moment, and my, especially at my time in my career, is, is to enjoy what I'm doing and love what I'm doing. And at the moment, I am. And I'm really happy with, with where I am in my life and, and what I've achieved and, and uh, what level I am now. So, you know, all, all these records and the big money men and all that, I'll leave that to people who care about it because i will say this as well certain types of people individuals if it doesn't matter how much they make but it's it's what they can do with it and how long they can keep hold of it for and, and how if they if they do good things or bad things with it you know a lot of money can not also make you unhappy but it can destruct your life um so yeah if you look at Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, Mike probably made a billion dollars in his career and Holyfield half a billion or something. But they both blew it all, didn't they? And went through it. And 95% of these boxers all do the same throughout history. They all end up broke. Um, so it doesn't really matter how much money you make. It's what you do when you've got it. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, not going to be there forever. And, you know, trying to keep up with the uh, Kardashians when you're a sports person, it just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, career isn't, isn't a movie star or you're not on telly or something, selling something or whatever, or acting on a, a commercial or whatever. It's you're getting your brains knocked out for money. And it comes to a, a point where it all has to end. It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows forever. And it will come to a halt. And then when, when it comes to a stop, what does a boxer do then? Well, if we look at the most successful boxers before us and see what they've done, not many of them have ever amounted to anything after boxing. 
George Foreman, probably most most successful after boxing. He got that George Foreman grill, didn't he? <laughs> have one. I made, made four hundred million dollars on it. So yeah, fair play to Big George. Uh, I believe Larry Holmes owns half, Larry Holmes owns half of Eastern Pennsylvania. He, he invested his money wisely. Yeah. Uh, but as for careers after boxing, the best that a boxer could ever hope for is to be a commentary man or something like that, an analyst or a commentator. But me, after boxing, I will be a movie star and probably become a doctor. A doctor too, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go and get a degree in psychology. Very interested in oh. the way the mind works. Yeah. And having been through it all. I understand it a little bit more than I did before. So I'd like to go uh, go back to school and get a degree in psychology. That's actually really smart. That's that's a great decision. Not not to, not to make money on it, because I'm not no, interested in after boxing. But just for my own personal goals, yeah. I believe when you stop setting goals, that's when you start going downhill. And I just want to keep moving them goalposts all the time and keep setting different targets and long-term and short-term goals. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. That's something that I think everyone should should do at some point in their lives, even if it's just a hobby, something you just want to learn. I think yeah, I uh, recently started golfing again. It's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was a passion of mine, very big passion for a long time. And then when I turned professional, I haven't golfed in 10 years. Ah. So I'm just starting to get back into it now. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the world opening back up again so we can travel the world and go golfing on all the best golf courses in the world. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your what your um, lockdown hobby was or what did you start doing that you maybe weren't doing prior to the pandemic? I, I find it so interesting that people are really kind of digging deep and finding new passions, new hobbies, trying things yeah. that they would normally not try. Well, I've, uh, I've been back doing a bit of golf again, eating a few balls off at the driving range and whatever. I've also been walking. I've been cycling. I've never rode a bike for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden, I got one of those um, like hybrid touring bikes. And I ended up, I rode like 80 miles one day, 65 miles another time. So I ended up riding quite regularly where I never pick up a bike and start riding. So, yeah, my, my lockdown hobby was, was cycling. But I think the bike has seen better days now. It's in the garage and it won't be coming out for a bit. <laughs> You're done with it. <laughs> no more. Yeah, so tell me about uh, this making a movie about your life. What's this all about? Yeah, um, I've had a couple of offers to, to acquire the movie, the movie rights for the Tyson Fury uh, life story. But um, at the moment, I'm not focused on that because I'm still active. And it's for when I'm finished with uh, with the career. So yeah, it's, it's guaranteed. It's worthy of any any uh, Hollywood movie stars uh, boxing movie for sure. The story is unbelievable, and it will continue to improve. Um, yeah, so it's worthy of any movie for sure. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people uh, interested in in acting the Gypsy King. <laughs> I was just gonna say, okay, I know you've said Denzel Washington, but let's be realistic right here. Let's be realistic. Who would you imagine playing you? Because I remember at one point you said Vince Vaughn, and I thought, you know what, that's a pretty, that's a pretty smart call because you guys are pretty similar in height. Well, I know he's not as tall, but he's still. He's very tall. Yeah. About six. 
I, well, I met him in, in Vegas at one of the fights. I was actually amazed how tall he was. He was massive. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, but um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure the, the people are, who's going to put the movie on, they'll have some actors in mind, won't they? It won't be up to me who's going to play it. I mean, I'm sure you have some influence over that, but I thought for sure, I thought, I was like, you know, Vince Vaughn would probably be a, a, a pretty good call for you. Definitely. Yeah, well, we'll see. But the only problem is he probably won't want to shave his hair off, will he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's Hollywood. They can always put those fake, what are those things over? It makes you look bald. I've no idea. I've never, ever had one. <laughs> <laughs> never had a need to look bald. I already am bald. <laughs> so since everything's gone down, um, have you have you seen much of, of anyone? Or have you pretty much, no? No, I have been training every day for three, four times a day. Um, I haven't really seen anybody. I've seen, I've seen Paris and the kids quite a lot, more than I ever would do in the last 10 years, I reckon, three months. Um, what else have I ever seen? I've seen my dad on occasion. I've, I've maybe seen a couple of my brothers on occasion um, and a couple of the training partners. Like, I've seen Isaac now and again. But even Isaac, we've, we've been, like, over here, we've been really social distancing, not, not going out about not mixing if we have done a run we've been running like two meters apart stuff like that um so yeah we're only going out in twos and threes jogging and stuff so i've not seen anybody um the lockdown for me though it, it, it's been sort of like give me time to 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 understand what really matters in my life and what i really want and what what i'm gonna do when i when the world comes back to where it was or improves um yeah I used to think like, oh, when it first started, everything was took away. Like there's no coffee shops open, restaurants, bars, pubs, stuff like that. I thought, oh, what we're going to do in a weekend? Like I usually go for a bit of food or something like that. But at the end of the day now, we've been having barbecues at home, stuff like that. So don't really need a restaurant. Don't need to go. But as soon as it opens, I'm going to go to a little Italian place in Manchester. and I'm going to have a certain truffle ravioli, um, ribeye steak and some uh, king prawn gambaroni and a couple of Diet Cokes with a, a chili and cheese garlic bread. Looking forward to that. When, does, when do restaurants open over there? Do you guys have a date yet? No, no dates. I think July or something like that, August maybe. Dang. But I have been barbecuing, I've become a top chef. <laughs> uh, Gordon Ramsay, eat your heart out. We, I've been cooking and stuff like that. So it, it's been good for me. And, Especially not eating out stuff, and especially like nothing's been open. Not even takeaways were open over here at one point. So there was no like deliveries and stuff like that. So everything had to be cooked at home. So it was good for me. I didn't put any weight on um, during lockdown or anything like that. So it, uh, it, it, really, it really has been um, a break for one. No commitments, no media commitments, no traveling commitments, nothing. So it has given me time at home with the kids and that. So it's been good. Yeah. Well, lastly, um, I want to ask you, if you don't want to comment on it, it's completely okay. But um, I do want to ask you, you have been in the hot seat before where what you say or what, you've, what your opinions were have been either taken out of context or people found themselves offended. Um, recently, Anthony Joshua found him in that, hot, that very hot seat and um, it's made people feel some type of way. 
did you see the video? And if so, did you feel yeah. offended? I, I saw the video. Um, saw the video. And I just, what it is with it is I'm not one of those people who jump on bandwagons and try and jump on it. Like, I'm not one of those people who just, something's trending, jump in on it. Right. I'm not a sheep. I don't follow the crowd. I sat, I sit away from the crowd. I'm a standalone wolf, standalone lion. So I don't just jump on something because, oh, it's in fashion to talk about that person or give that person a stick because everybody else is, you know, or, or I might get some social media likes if I post a certain video. Um, but listen, everyone does what they got to do. I'm sure AJ's got his reasons why he said what he said. And his concern is none of my business. What he said, um, that's his own opinions and, and everyone to their own opinions. It's, it's one of those things. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone's got their own opinions on every single thing. No one agrees on a certain different things at the same time. So whatever his reasons were, he's done it and it's in the past. So it's moved on. Um, I'm sure he's apologized if he's offended anybody. Um, oh, he actually didn't, did he? He actually said, if you didn't like what I said, go fuck yourself. So yeah, um, no apology necessary. <laughs> But let's just say I'm not pushing knives in or kicking anybody when they're down. But if it would have been me who said it, don't shop in any uh, any black-owned stores or any Asian-owned stores or anything, or don't uh, don't or don't buy from their businesses, then I'd have been crucified like Jesus Christ. Let's just say that. But good job it wasn't me, and it never would be me because to me, colour doesn't exist. I've got the most diverse team in boxing. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've suffered racism all my life. Um, 32 years old in August, come from a travelling background, gypsies, hated, hated race of people. It's the only, the only race that's sort of bit acceptable to be racism towards these days. It's acceptable racism. Even the TV companies in this country um, are allowed to be racist towards travellers. It's terrible. But yeah, um, I'm not a person who, who gives a damn about what colour somebody is or what background they're from or whatever. Because to me, everyone's the same. It doesn't really matter. Here's what it is. But listen, it's none of my concern or none of my authority or of opinion on what other people say. So I'm not really interested in what he says, to be fair. Um, I'm sure he's got his reasons. That's it. Well, we're supposed to live in a world where everyone's entitled to an opinion. So for that... Yeah, but the thing is, we're supposed to live in a free world when everyone's entitled to have an opinion. But when these opinions, no one likes what these opinions are, all of a sudden you're not allowed an opinion anymore. <laughs> you're only allowed an opinion as long as you are not upsetting anybody. True, which is hard to do. You have to 50%, no matter what you say, you have a 50% chance of upsetting somebody. So it's like kind of like pick your poison, isn't it? The thing is with Joshua, though, he's always, he's always got Eddie to talk for him. Um, and always, Eddie does all the uh, media stuff and all that, and he sort of like just reads off a piece of paper. Even that speech he was reading, he read it off a piece of paper. Um, nothing's freestyle. Everything's wrote out or planned. So during the lockdown, obviously, Eddie wasn't with him when he'd done this, or else he'd give him a right uh, kick up the rear end, because <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's cost him a lot of pay-per-views, uh, figures and stuff like that, and it's upset a lot of people, because it's... Uh, He's supposed to be the poster boy and the role model, the ambassador, and talks bullshit like that, but is what it is. Everyone to their own, none of my concern, to be fair. To each their own. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for um, 
Always nice to see you, Michelle. You're Thank looking you. well. Keep up the training. Thank you. You know what? I haven't even been training. I have been, been in the gym. No, I've, I've been in the gym the last two days, but I've been eating better because like you said, we can't go out. No one wanted to go out. We were staying home. So what do you, what are you forced to do? Barbecue, grill, cook. Looking well. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. I'll see you soon. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully, Lord willing, we will see everyone back together again. Um, in group get, the settings. get the boxing family back together. Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I, I miss it. I know everyone else misses it. And the one thing I will take away from this entire thing is I will never, ever take for granted the freedoms that we've had and the, the relationships that we have when we're around people because you don't know when's the next time you're going to see them. So this taught me something. I'm hoping everyone else walks away with something they've learned. And I'm sure better. they will. And hopefully the world will be a better place afterwards. Yeah. All the best, Michelle. God bye. bless you, darling. Very Same. much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.